the book of Jonah, and I was watching uh, as she turned the pages, there was a fly uh, that was flying around up here, and it would, you know, it would land there, and it would just sit and watch her uh, as she sang, and she turned the page, it would fly, and it would come back and watch her again, uh, and kind of, uh, I'm going to kill it if it lands here uh, while I'm up here, so if, I, if there's a sudden movement by me, uh, if uh, you see me clapping, I'm not getting the Holy Spirit, uh, I am uh, killing a fly uh, as it makes its way up here. Uh, now, the book of Jonah, uh, I think, uh, like many, uh, many things in Scripture, uh, we, we get complacent when we read it. It's a short book, and we know the story. When I say it, we think about a man who ran from God, and we think about the great fish, the whale uh, that swallowed him up, and, and that really encapsulates most of what we talk about uh, with the book of Jonah. I've recently preached from chapters 3 and 4, and talking about the gourd and other types of things, or even looking at the Ninevites and uh, in his, uh, Jonah's aversion uh, to reaching them, he knew that God was a merciful God uh, and didn't want the Ninevites to get saved. Uh, he wanted God to judge them. And uh, so I've challenged the church about thinking perhaps about who uh, Ninevites uh, would be in our own mind and heart, who we know that God is a merciful God and who will save, uh, but we just assume that God would judge them and not save them at all. Uh, and you'd think that as Christians we wouldn't think that way, but you'd be surprised. There are, there are Christians, churches, pastors that teach that some people don't have souls. Uh, there are uh, uh, people, uh, preachers that preach that uh, certain people groups can get saved. And not just uh, social groups or people that sin, uh, but actual ethnic groups or, uh, or racial groups or whatever. By the way, we're all one race uh, under God. Uh, and so you think that that's crazy. I see it land. Uh, and I'm going to get it. Oh, I missed it. All right, I'll try. And uh, so if I clap, uh, you clap, and, uh, and we'll get it. Oh, I hurt my arm uh, on that one. Uh, and uh, and so, so there are people who, uh, uh, pastors and churches that believe all kinds of crazy stuff uh, about, about people. Uh, and Jonah, uh, he was. He was prejudiced. Uh, Jonah uh, was an Israelite. Uh, and uh, they were God's people, uh, the Ninevites, Assyrians, uh, not God's people, and he just uh, would just rather them all be dead uh, than alive uh, for the history and who they were and what they did and what they continue to do. Uh, and, and there's a part of me that understands that uh, because uh, he probably had family members and people that he knew that uh, were slain by the Assyrians. Uh, so uh, for God to tell him to go and preach uh, that was probably a hard pill for him. And so we know how the story goes, and he fled to Tarshish, which is a long ways away, and, uh, and, uh, and God uh, did some things which we're going to point out. As I uh, think about uh, the book of Jonah, I can't help but, number one, think about the plan of God that God revealed in the book of Jonah, uh, the picture and type of Christ, the three days and three nights, and God had used this story and this event uh, prophetically to teach us about uh, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, then we can't help read the book of Jonah and then not notice that. In fact, God um, revisited that, uh, the Lord Jesus, in the Gospels, and, and that was a sign, and, and it's how we know. And it's three days and three nights, not two days, two nights, and all the different things, uh, but God used that, and that was part of his plan. Uh, and having said that briefly, because it's not the major part of this message this morning, um, God... Uh, can use and does use uh, the events of our life uh, as part of his divine plan. 
Uh, he has a plan for each and every one of us, a purpose, and God's doing that. God works in the affairs of, of man. He has a greater purpose when we think of the world as a whole and, uh, and, uh, and, and all the stuff that's going on. God is in control. If you believe that, say amen. Uh, he is in control. We know he is a sovereign God, which leads me into my second thought uh, about the passage of Scripture because I see the sovereignty of God throughout it all, not just with uh, the prophetic part of the three days and, and three nights. Uh, but I want to point out a couple, of, a couple of things briefly. In the first chapter, uh, he says in verse 2, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. So Jonah rose uh, and fled to Tarshish. But verse number 4, it says this, But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea. The storm uh, that, that we read about in chapter number one uh, was a storm that the Bible says God sent. Now we know that God is a creator God and that everything, we, 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 we thank Him, we see God in creation and we, uh, we praise Him for it. And we know that, uh, that everything, whether it's uh, thunderstorms, uh, and, uh, which uh, we got to hear a little bit uh, when we were back uh, in the Midwest, we don't get a whole lot of that out here. Uh, and uh, we're grateful for those things in nature that God does. And, uh, and uh, he, uh, He's the one who keeps it all together. He created it. Uh, he, he manages it. Uh, and uh, I was watching a, a, a video earlier uh, of uh, somebody grafting trees. It was one way after another way after another way, uh, branches onto trees and different stuff, and, and, uh, and can't help but notice uh, you know, the, the mastery of it. Uh, and all of the, uh, the technique. Uh, but here's the deal. Uh, it ain't going to grow unless God grows it. Uh, and we, we often think, well, I have a green thumb uh, or whatever. Uh, but God does all of that. He's the one. Uh, he said, you think about how it rains and uh, just the, the, the cycle uh, of rain and water and, uh, and planets and stuff. We've heard preaching even about uh, the handiwork of God uh, in recent weeks. But the Bible says that He sent... This storm. If you jump ahead to verse number 17, uh, the Bible says that the Lord prepared a great fish. Uh, that word prepared can mean anything from created, set, he accounted, he, uh, he uh, appointed uh, that fish. And there's a part of me, just like when Abraham, the Bible says, when he went up that mountain and he took his son, uh, and uh, I've heard it preached, and I preached it, that as, uh, as that Abraham and Isaac uh, went up one side of the mountain, uh, that God had a lamb going up the other side of the mountain. The Bible says that God provided himself a lamb, and so just at the right time, uh, there it was. And, and I, and I kind of think, uh, as I read this passage of Scripture in light of other things, that uh, you, know, you think of how vast uh, the sea is and how vast the ocean is, and uh, that, uh, that God, I don't know if he had the great fish following the boat, uh, stocking the boat as it went, was right there behind it or whatever. Uh, you ever see those pictures of somebody just kind of on a, on a raft or something and then uh, from a satellite and then underneath it there's a big you know, shark or, uh, or a whale. I just kind of imagine uh, they're just going through what they're going through and uh, here's this great fish, whatever you want to call it. It's a whale, uh, a large fish uh, that the Word of God says is there. But God prepared it. He, he prepared a storm. He sent a storm. He prepared uh, a great fish, a whale, uh, as the scriptures tells us in Luke. Uh, jump ahead to uh, chapter number four. Uh, the Bible says in verse number, uh, you know, uh, see here, 
Um, verse number six, and the Lord prepared a gourd. It's the same word. He ordained it. God, God gave him uh, the gourd in verse number four. He prepared it. Verse number seven, God prepared a worm. Uh, when the morning rose the next day, uh, the Bible says in verse number eight that God prepared a vehement east wind. God did it. God sent the storm, God prepared the fish, God prepared the gourd, God prepared the worm, God prepared the wind. All of it was ordained of God and appointed by God. God uh, is the one in control, uh, and, uh, and he, uh, he knew exactly what was going on this entire time with Jonah. So I see the sovereignty of God uh, in this passage of Scripture. But what I want to focus on today and, and kind of challenge us a little bit about what we understand about the story of Jonah uh, is the grace of God. As I said at the beginning, uh, we spend so much time, we look so hard uh, at the great fish that we fail to see the great God uh, that Jonah served. Now, if, uh, if you could be up here to see uh, my Bible, you might be able to make some of it out. I, I mark my Bible up. Uh, and, uh, and it's like this throughout uh, many of my sermon notes that I hear people uh, preaching. I'll write in there as I'm studying, write things, uh, sermons, my own that I'll put in there. And I've got a lot of things in the margins of my Bible here uh, that, uh, that I want to just kind of uh, point out uh, because of how I understand uh, the story. Uh, like I've got one thing here. It said, um, all of us need the mercy of God to get us out of the messes we've gotten ourselves into. That's in the, and it's true, we do. We need the mercy of God. And, and, I, and we think about the fish, the great fish, is God sending judgment uh, and swallowing up him. In fact, I've got uh, in one spot, uh, I have uh, in, in red, I've got Whale University. God sent Jonah to Whale University. Uh, and, uh, and you can't run from God. Uh, God knows where you are, and he's going to send a, a whale uh, of a problem for you, and he's going to learn you, uh, and uh, because uh, because you can't uh, run from uh, run from him, and so we've uh, you know I've got um, man I've just got so many of them uh, in here. Uh, one of the things that we think about, and we said this, and and I want you to look just look for a second, verse seventeen, verse one. Excuse me, chapter one, verse seventeen. The Bible says, now the Lord prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. You know what it doesn't say there? It doesn't say uh, as soon as Jonah hit the water that the fish swallowed Jonah. It doesn't say that. But I've said that it says that. Uh, you've probably understood that to be so uh, as well. Uh, the, cal- the storm was calmed, and, uh, and, uh, and Jonah uh, got swallowed up. Uh, immediately, uh, God had provided that whale uh, to do so. Uh, so I've got, I've got that uh, written in here. How many, I got this, how many seconds uh, would you need to be in the whale's belly before you repent? Like one second, 20 seconds. Uh, and all of us have had Sunday school teachers and preachers, uh, well-meaning uh, that uh, uh, for generations, uh, that teach, don't run from God, remember what happened to Jonah, uh, and uh, this warning kind of conjures up for us images, jaws-like images uh, of a big fish, and, uh, and, uh, and everything from, uh, from him, you know, the fish gulping down this poor disobedient prophet, 
uh, and, uh, and, the, and, and he's gasping for air, shoved off the boat in the middle of a storm, and, uh, and uh, poor Jonah, three days in this belly, and, uh, and, uh, and we really, we talk about, you know, uh, even with this, uh, yesterday I had, I crawled in here, and I said, uh, I asked the kids, I said, do you want me to crawl in there? Uh, they're like, yeah, uh, and, and so I did, and I said, all right, I want you guys all to make the, the best puking sound that you can make. The best vomiting sounds. All the kids are going, and I've rolled out of it like a, uh, you know, ninja. Uh, and uh, and uh, like the thing spit me out. And, and we talk about just being full of seaweed and, and the gastric juices. That's what they say. People, uh, you know, inside of a whale's belly, the scientists, uh, it, uh, it, unless there's air in there, it doesn't expand. It kind of comes down through and, you know, you got to be prepared. In fact, there are stories, uh, several stories of, of fishermen that claim that they've been swallowed by whales uh, and uh, that are consistent with this story uh, 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 in the Bible. And then there are people who say there's just no way that it happened, uh, and they couldn't, and they, they tried to cut their way out, and all these different things. But we think about uh, the, uh, the, all the worst things, the, the, the tonsils and the stomach acid and the, the half-digested smaller fish that uh, were inside uh, that belly, m- most likely, and so on and so on. And, and worst of all, uh, the severe indigestion that the fish had uh, and, uh, and then vomited up uh, Jonah on dry land. Man, it was a, a terrible, terrible thing. Poor Jonah. And, and that'll teach him. Uh, the, you know, I bet that's the last time he uh, or anyone else thinks about disobeying God's plan because God will have a fish that'll swallow you up, metaphorically speaking. Uh, and, and God will send you uh, to Whale University uh, and you will learn. But, but that's not how Jonah viewed the fish. Uh, and, uh, and so I want you to, uh, if you don't remember anything uh, from this message today, uh, please write this down. The prayer of chapter number two happens in the belly, but it's about what happened before the belly. The prayer of chapter number two happened in the belly of the fish. But it's about what happened before uh, he was in the belly. Let's take a look at that. And, I've, and it's going to be one big main point here in just a minute. But in our text that we read a moment ago, it said, Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. He's in the belly and he's praying. And he said, now read the verses. Because we, it, it, it's partly because preachers for the longest time have said, As soon as Jonah hit the water, he was swallowed by the whale. But the Bible doesn't say that. It doesn't say it in my Bible. Uh, we, we see he's swallowed by the whale, we see the prayer, and then we see that he's vomited up by the whale uh, on dry land. But he says this in verse number two. And by the way, uh, if I'm absolutely wrong about this, um, it's of little consequence uh, because the story that we have that's here. But I don't think I am wrong. Uh, if, I, if I am, it would be the first time. Uh, and uh, so uh, this is a, a monumental event. Verse number two. And said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me out of the belly of hell. Cried I, and thou heardest my voice. Here's another thing we get confused with, because it says belly right there. Uh, We say belly of hell is belly of the whale, and it's uh, the belly of Sheol, it's of hell. Uh, And he says, out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. Now, uh, we won't have time to develop this, but uh, when we think of 
the sea and the ocean, we think of ocean breezes and sailboats and, uh, and catamarans uh, and just time to spend out there enjoying the sun, maybe, maybe casting out a line uh, in fishing. And we have visions and understandings of the ocean and the sea uh, that are more pleasant uh, than what people in Bible times had. Um, for them, the sea was uh, dangerous. It was a picture of chaos uh, and uh, just peril and, and everything. In fact, uh, let's, uh, let's turn over uh, for a moment uh, and take a look at, um, let's see here. Uh, no, we won't because I didn't write it down. I can't remember the reference. But the Bible says in Psalm, I think it's Psalm, Psalm 107. Let's go to Psalm 107 real quick. Are you with me? Say amen. I'm just challenging how we view this passage of Scripture for one specific purpose here uh, in just a moment. But in Psalm 107, uh, the Bible says this in verse number um, 23, uh, verse number 22. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving, declare his works with rejoicing. They that go down to the sea in ships, that do business in great waters. They see the works of the Lord and the wonders in the deep. For he commandeth the, uh, and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifteth up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heaven. They go down again uh, to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distresses, and he maketh the storm a calm. In fact, when we read the Bible, we see Jesus in storm and people walking on, uh, on waves and, uh, and uh, Paul uh, shipwrecked and uh, the, the sea in the storm, they, they, people who were sailors and fishermen, uh, they, were, they were the men's men. Uh, they, were, they were the danger-seeking, thrill-seeking people that went out into the deeps. That passage there is basically saying, uh, when you go out into the deep uh, and do business, uh, that's when you see the works of the Lord uh, and the wonders of the deep. And uh, you think about big fish or, uh, and, uh, and all the, the different things that take place in the sea. It wasn't like how we see it. To them, uh, it was a picture of something uh, harmful uh, in dangerous. And so when uh, Jonah was saying, I cried for my affliction uh, to the Lord out of the belly of hell, cried I, thou heardest my voice. He's not talking about the belly of the whale, but we think that because we think Jonah got swallowed as soon as he hit the water, because that's what we've been told. That's what I've, I've said it uh, probably a hundred times. And you say, well, how, how do you to know that that's not what it is? Because there's a next verse. Look what it says. For thou hast cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about, and thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet while I look again toward thy holy temple, the waters compassed me about even to the soul, and depths closed round about me, the weeds were wrapped about my head, and, uh, and I went down to the bottoms, because we think, we think that he, he got swallowed up, and, uh, and the seaweed that is there was uh, you know, from what was inside the fish, and the fish took him down and up and down and up uh, through this thing, and, uh, and, but this is a prayer that happened, what he is mentioning is something that happened before. He, was in, he said, you, I cried, past tense, I, uh, uh, you uh, has cast me into the deep sea. And, uh, and, and so what had taken place when we read chapter number one, let's look back there real quick. Uh, they, the, the story is, here's a storm. Uh, they say, why is this happening? Uh, and they find Jonah asleep in the ship. 
They cast lots. They realized Jonah was the problem. He said, throw me overboard. And they're like, no. Uh, and they, they cast things out and whatnot. Uh, and then finally, they're like, hey, there's nothing we can do. Uh, and they, they cast him over in the depths of the sea. It wasn't like he was thrown overboard next to the shoreline. They were in the middle of a storm uh, in the midst of the sea. And, and uh, the Bible says that they threw him in there uh, because the men feared the Lord exceedingly. Uh, they cast him forth into the sea, and then the sea ceased uh, from her raging. And here's what he's saying to the Lord in his prayer in the belly about what happened before he was in the belly, uh, is when he got cast out of the boat, he began to sink. Uh, he was drowning. Uh, he was struggling for air. Uh, the waters, the floods compassed him and all the billows and the waves passed over him. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and he prayed to God in that moment because he, he thought he was going to die. Uh, and he sank and sank. And it, it talks about the, uh, the foundation of the earth and the mountains. And he just sank and sank and sank. Uh, and as his soul fainted, as he was about to drown, he got swallowed up by a fish. Uh, and uh, and uh, in what we fail to see about this story Uh, As he uh, prays and and recounts all the things that took place, one thing that I've noticed, and I didn't notice it until I'm reading through uh, our primer for Vacation Bible School, just reading through the lessons. Like, as a pastor, I'm like, what do I got to even read uh, these little lesson plans uh, for the little kids? uh, Because there's nothing in here that I'm going to learn that I don't already know. And one of the things that uh, came across to me was this. Um, the fish was the way that God, the fish is what God used to rescue Jonah. He was, he was cast into the sea uh, and this fish came. And you don't see Jonah, he wasn't complaining about being in gastric acid. Uh, he wasn't complaining about, you know, being in the belly uh, of this fish. Uh, he, he's praying to God. Uh, basically, this is a prayer of praise and repentance, uh, and which much of it he did as he was, as before he fainted, uh, he was basically saying to God, uh, I am, uh, I'm going to look uh, unto the holy place. I will sacrifice unto God the sacrifices and the vows that I've made. Uh, and, uh, and, and he had no clue whatsoever that God was going to send that fish. But he repented. He knew as he was dying, as he was drowning, that he was wrong, that he was running from God, uh, and he repented. Uh, and just, uh, just about the time uh, where uh, the lack of oxygen uh, in drowning was about to overcome, a big whale swallowed him up. And he cried unto the Lord from that belly and prayed and said, you did this, you sent me, I ran from you, uh, you rescued me. Uh, and, uh, and he's praying uh, and recounting uh, what had taken place uh, before he got swallowed up by the fish. And then the Bible says uh, that he'll sacrifice, I'll pay that which I have vowed. And, uh, and again, he had no, he had no clue uh, that he was going to be saved. He says, salvation is of the Lord. He's praying this now uh, inside this belly. And the Bible says, and the Lord spake unto the fish, the fish obeyed, uh, and he vomited him out on the dry land. Now, here's, here's uh, what I want you to understand from this take on it. Uh, and, uh, and you say, well, I don't know. I just think the fish swallowed him up 
and all the whole thing there is just he repented because he was in the fish's belly. Okay, that's fair. Uh, and, uh, and I think if we believe that or teach that, I don't think that we would be out of place uh, in doing that. Uh, but, uh, but, uh, but God used the fish, I believe, uh, to rescue Jonah. Um, and having said that, um, sometimes the way that God rescues us feels like punishment. Um, oftentimes the way that God would rescue us, uh, it, it's, it's never the way that we would choose for ourselves for God to rescue us. Um, God preserved Jonah uh, and moved him to repentance. Uh, and when we think about him crying about the gourd later on, he says, I gave it to you, you didn't do anything, and I took it away, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, you have pity on the gourd, and why wouldn't I have pity and compassion on the Ninevites, the, uh, the 120,000 uh, souls uh, the, and, and, and their cattle? Is because Jonah himself had been the recipient of the mercy of God, had, had repented, and God preserved him, uh, and, and gave him another chance to go and preach to the Ninevites. But here's what we do. Uh, when God chooses, by the way, there are people who've been rescued by God uh, and set on the right path, running from God, uh, away from Him, uh, in sin or whatever, and God has used cancer to rescue them. God has, God has used a difficult circumstance. Maybe even uh, it could be through, uh, you just name it. Uh, but we don't have the choice to choose the way uh, that God will get our attention. Yes, he was swallowed by a big fish, uh, but that was to preserve him. Uh, he was already dying uh, as he was drowning in the middle of the sea. That big fish wasn't a punishment for Jonah. That whale was, the, was the, the instrument of grace that God used to rescue him. Are you following me? And, uh, and, and we, don't, we, don't, we don't see in the account uh, him begrudging the fact uh, that it was, you know, God, couldn't you have just sent another boat by? Uh, that probably would have been a little more pleasant. Uh, and in uh, uh, and, and sitting there, and, and it was three days and three nights in the belly of the fish, and, uh, but, but he was in the belly of the fish thanking God for saving him. And, uh, and for what he had done, and, and, and he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to, and he still had no idea. He didn't have any idea when he was drowning that God was going to send a fish, and he certainly didn't have an idea uh, that uh, that fish was going to spit him out and vomit him out uh, thousands of miles away from where he was on dry land uh, in Joppa uh, where he was supposed to be in the first place. But he repented and he prayed that. What he prayed in the belly was about what, he, what happened to him before he was in the belly. That fish, how we think about it, uh, you just do wrong and you're up from God and God's going to send you a fish and you're going to learn. Uh, but sometimes the way that God rescues you uh, is, uh, is just not what you, would, what you would want, what you would choose for yourself. Um, and, uh, and I love that story, and I love um, that thought, uh, and I love uh, that I read it 
because to be honest with you, there's a lot of times as I prepare for vacation Bible school and, they, and Amanda gives me my lessons and I read what the titles are and I just do my own thing. And, uh, and, uh, but God helped me um, by reading the vacation Bible school stuff. And you say, well, um, I'm not completely buying it. I know, I understand. Uh, um, however, um, I, think, I think that's probably the accurate account and that we've looked at it. It's kind of like um, when a person, uh, like we've had baptisms, people, a prerequisite for being, baptism, being baptized is salvation. You're a believer, you follow the Lord in believer's baptism. Uh, the prerequisite for church membership is being saved and baptized. The church, its ecclesia, is a called-out local assembly. But Baptists for, for decades now have built a doctrine upon the fact that the Bible says uh, and uh, that God added daily to the church and uh, such as should be saved, and those that were saved and baptized were added to the church. And so we've, we've formed a position that in order to join the church, so when somebody gets saved and when they get baptized, they become a member of the local church. And we base all of that on one verse in the Bible that goes against everything about believers' baptism. So at Berean Baptist Church, when I read that years ago, uh, I, I, and uh, uh, somebody, somebody got saved, and, uh, and I said to Brother Josh at the time he was here, I said, hey, you need to uh, get the baptistry ready. He's like, we can't do that. Why can't we do that? Well, because they're living together. And I thought, oh, yeah, they are living together. Made a professional faith. I can't baptize her because they, you know, she can't be a member of our church. I'd have, to, I'd have to church discipline her before her hair got dry. You know, if, if baptizing them makes them a member of the church. And so then I thought to myself, well, wait a second. That's not even what the Bible teaches. So now somebody gets baptized after they get saved, and, and, uh, and then they decide whether or not they want to be a member of our church, and we talk about that, and et cetera, et cetera. And I'm, I'm saying that to say we form a whole position off of one verse in the Bible, and I think that we've formed a... Uh, a story in our head off a preacher saying, as soon as he hit the water, that fish swallowed him up. And we miss an important aspect about that, that account and that that fish wasn't the punishment of God. That was the mechanism that God used to rescue Jonah. In Jonah, if you were to ask Jonah probably, if you were to, if you were to die and, stand before, uh, and go to heaven and you look over at the lunch table and there's Jonah, and you're like, oh, I'm going to go talk to Jonah. And you sit down and say, Jonah, what are you thankful for? I bet you he would say, I'm thankful for that whale. Because I was fixing to drown. And that thing swallowed me up. And you're like, oh, yeah, we talked about that. We preached about that. It was nasty and seaweed and, uh, and all the different stuff and, uh, and the vomit and everything else. And that's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. I'm, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm just assuming maybe he would say that because that's what God used. So maybe today, when you think about, um, you know, what you what you thought was the whale, what you thought was God um, chastising you, what's God trying to do, what's He teaching me, and you're like, you're having uh, visions of Job, and uh, and uh, and we pray. And by the way, we don't we don't want whales. We don't, we don't want those things, and we pray. We don't want to be uncomfortable. We don't want, in the very things that God's using to rescue us, we're praying that God doesn't do, that he takes away, uh, and they're really, honestly, the best thing that's ever happened to us. That's why God says we're supposed to be thankful in all things. 
And so I'm just, just, for, just for today, you can go back and you can read Jonah and you can say, well, and I see that and I see the other, but I've just how I heard it all the time. Hit the water, was swallowed up. Everything compassed and belly of, belly of, of hell was belly of the whale. Had to be because he got swallowed up right away. And he prayed, and, uh, and, and so we've, uh, we've projected into that all these different things over the course of time. And I'm just saying, just for a second, just, uh, just think, well, he was drowning. God sent a fish. And, and let's just think about what those fish are in our life and just thank God for rescuing us. Thanking God, because we so oftentimes think God is doing something to us to punish us, and that's the furthest thing from the truth. God loved Jonah. God loved Jonah even though Jonah was running away from him. Uh, and God said, all right, I'm going to show Jonah. Uh, and the storm came, and he got thrown overboard. Judgment of God. Uh, and, uh, and he's just about ready to die. Sinking, sinking, drowning. When my soul was faint, God delivered him. Whale University was a good place for him. And, uh, and, uh, and I, just want to, I just wanted to present that to you today and that thought. Uh, and all this, these balloons uh, and the, the, the big whale, uh, the, the blue tarp whale uh, over here, um, all of it. Um, for me, um, I had no idea. Uh, I have that, by the way, I have that booklet with me, uh, the 10 days uh, that I was gone uh, in, on vacation, uh, meaning to look into it. Uh, and read it and prepare for this. Uh, and so um, early uh, yesterday morning uh, at Starbucks, I pulled it out of my briefcase. And I opened it up. I have Jonah. I'm a preacher. I've been preaching for a long time. I got Jonah. Easy. And that jumped out. So uh, another way you can look at it, you can read the Bible over and over and over, over again, think you're not going to learn something. And God will teach you. And so, like, Jonah, you're like, you're reading through your Old Testament, come to the book of Jonah, been there, done that, easy, skip. And, and we, because we think big fish in, in the book is about a big God uh, that rescues us when we're dumb. And, uh, and he is gracious and full of mercy uh, and, uh, and we ought to be thankful for that. And let's thank God for it today. Let's all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. And